Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Money podcast. Uh, it's Monday, and uh, I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. Feels like we're now fully out of lockdown, thank God. At least, you know, we've got to wear masks now in shops. Although I read this morning that some shops are saying that they're not going to enforce it. So interesting in terms of what that's going to look like for everybody. I'm on the high risk list, so uh, I have to watch myself a little bit. But this episode this week is um, one where I have another guest on. His name is David Bell. He is, uh, he runs his own podcast, actually, the Pocket Mastermind um, podcast. And I've been on his show. It's a really, really good listen, guys. Amazing listen. Lots of variety in there. But David's on this morning just to talk about his journey through finances because when we spoke, there was quite an interesting dynamic in his experience and his journey uh, through the world. And also just find a little bit more about him. So welcome, David. Morning, Pete. Thanks for How having you me. Doing? Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Thanks. Good. How's the, uh, how's the week been for you? Uh, busy. It's always busy. Uh, yeah. It never stops when you, when you kind of start setting up on your own, um, as you and I have been doing for a while, then you always find something else to be doing because uh, you, if you don't do it, no one else is doing it probably. And also you can see the direct benefit from it. It's a bit different to the old corporate world where I came from. Absolutely. So talking about your background, what were you doing in corporate? So I worked for, I've worked for uh, many organizations over the years, um, but most recently I was working for a large uh, insurance company, uh, American-based insurance company. Um leading uh, the sales functions primarily the client services teams within that within that organization mm-hmm. um and at the start of this year i kind of took the opportunity to break free after promising myself a couple mm-hmm. of years ago that was going to be my last corporate role i'd had enough of the corporate life it wasn't uh-huh. delivering for me i've got to the halfway stage <laughs> i would say probably yeah. on, on my life journey and uh, decided that i wanted to do something different and use my experiences that I've gained over the years to help other people um, lead a more fulfilling life for themselves. Because one of the things I really picked up during my corporate life was how many people are living within a role that or a life that is not really resonating with them, not what mm-hmm. they do. And it's, it's kind of happened. It happened to me, do you know, kind of, I didn't really see and anything else you kind of end up getting sucked into this corporate world and you 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 think that the direction is up the pyramid yeah and then you get to a certain level within that pyramid and and as as the as you get nearer the top the opportunities decrease and i didn't find the fulfillment was coming that i expected to come as you become you come further up the tree so yeah i wanted to try and try and help other people um, really identify what they want from life and work out a plan for how they can get it. It's interesting you say that because um, I definitely, I've definitely been there as well. Um, working corporate, 
and you're right, you get into this rat race and it's just this cycle. And it's like, that's all you ever, that's all you know, that's all you think about. And it's funny actually, because I don't know whether it's kind of like an age thing, you go through life and then you kind of get to a point where you're like, oh, I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore. But I'd certainly heard of people who were like, oh yeah, you know, I just don't, I, I don't want this anymore. I just, mm-hmm. I just want to do something that's a bit more fulfilling. I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Like, are you nuts? Like, why? Why would you want to walk away from a really, really decent paying job and go and do something on your own where you've got no certainty or security? And it's funny because then I rolled around to that point, kind of just like you, last, probably in the last 18 to 24 months, I'm like, I really don't like this. And like, you get into a, into a trap as well because the money's good. So it's like, okay, well, Golden like, handcuffs is cut, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Reason, that's right? exactly very it. hard, very hard to get away. And I, the, the, you know, I was fortunate a couple of years ago. I kind of made the decision this was going to be the last role. I also knew there was a possibility at some point in the future that there would be a redundancy proposition because mm. of the 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 way the business was operating. So mm. I kind of figured that if I could stick it out long enough, <laughs> then I wouldn't have to leave for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an important part because I put a lot, I'd invested a lot of time and energy into that business and into that role and to then walk away my final role with mm-hmm. with nothing wasn't wasn't really on my with agenda. Option. So yeah. um I, I kind of I kind of had that plan in, in place for a while. It came a little sooner than, than expected, but it was still I the important thing was there was a plan in place. Yeah. Let's touch a little bit more on that because I think that's really, really important because for me to walk away um, was a combination of factors. It was a combination of, well, COVID had a, definitely had a a part to play in it, but I also had to look inwardly at my own finances to make sure that I had the ability to be able to walk away as well. And you've kind of alluded to it there. If you have spent, you know, five years, 10 years in in an organization walking away, can be very very painful because it's not it's not just about the money the money plays a big part to it but you've also got to look at okay am i actually in a place from a personal finance point of view to be able to take this it's not just a a pay cut often it's a significant pay cut it's an eradication for a for a period of time for sure yeah absolutely and how do you then make sure that you have enough as an emergency fund in the bank to empower you to do that. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that cycle because they don't have that ability. Yeah. So you, you took a calculated kind of like approach to the fact that you kind of knew what was coming down the track and you were preparing for it that way. Yeah. I had, well, I would say probably two or three years ago, I really started to focus in on how do I, how do I get free? Right. I was mm-hmm. earning a lot of money. Um, but up until that point, I'd burnt most of it on holidays and all sorts of, you know, anything you possibly could really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't the best at this game. Right. Yeah. But then I realized that really I've got to start playing the game. If I, otherwise it, I think a lot of people get hooked on, I've got to earn more money, got to earn more money, got to earn more money. Trust me, if you, you could earn a million dollars a day, but if you're spending a million dollars and one, mm-hmm. you're poor. Right, yeah. you might yeah. be having a blast being poor, but you've got no. You, you, if something takes that income away from you, you've got nothing. Yeah, and so it's important to start playing the game. And I decided to call it 
token collecting because how many how many tokens can i collect where can i store them where can i put them and it became more of a a game i think if you if you end up thinking about chasing money it becomes psychological and detrimental and i think a lot of people fall short because they're trying to chase after this money and the fear of not having money actually takes over and you become you don't you you manifest what you think about and whether it's positive or negative so if you fear lack of money guess what you're going to get you've got to think of it more of a, as a game and free yourself from that that perspective so i started to play that game i started to think well how do i amass as much as possible I, where do i maximize the opportunities from the income opportunities that i have now right so i was fortunate that i was in a senior level position so i had you know you get things like options you get various yeah. other bonuses and those kind of things and you could either spend them and, and buy a ridiculously large house or mm-hmm. even more fancy holidays or mm-hmm. whatever or you can start to think all of that cash i put to one side and that's the you that's your safety net right so mm-hmm. that's the, that's the future planning and start to build up a critical mass you need to get kind of some kind of total in your head where do you want to where you're trying to get to because then how do you use that in the future you need some uh it's just pure cash as safety and other stuff that other money that how do you turn that into more money you've got to you've got to get that money working for you rather than the other way around and it's you know it's cliched like make your money work for you not you work for your money but it's it's a fact that's how the rich get rich absolutely right? yeah not about just earning more money right? yeah you can earn shitloads of money but you're not gonna you won't have any unless you're doing something positive and productive with that cash yeah, I completely agree. I talk about bucketing when you talk about uh, personal finances. It's kind of exactly the same that you described there. That if you are in that workplace, you know, your pension contributions, all these things that you get, all those bonuses, how do you bucket those further to put them into silos for specific reasons? And that's so, so important because one thing that I definitely have picked up over the last few years is a lot of people don't actually understand what benefits they actually have and what they mean for them and how they can be used to benefit the future a lot of people don't understand this stuff and there is a big question mark when you talk about financial well-being whether the employer should really take a bigger role in educating the employees around oh by the way this is what this means for you and this is the difference that it could make but that's an ongoing debate right now even simple things like uh pension contributions before tax right most people don't even know you can do that yeah you should absolutely be doing that, particularly if you're a higher rate taxpayer. Mm. You need to get that benefit. Um, there's loads of uh, loads of stuff you can take advantage of that everybody has. Even simple things like cycle to work schemes, right? You can get your if you want to buy a bike, use those kind of programs and mm-hmm. don't don't go buying it after you've already paid tax on it. You're paying twice, so yeah, it's just simple stuff, really. And look for opportunities of where do you maximize. Uh, the cash that you are receiving, the income you are receiving, how do you maximize that to the to the highest possible level? Yeah. So all of you, this gave birth to your podcast, effectively. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, I think, you know, when you and I spoke before, um, the big things that, uh, that really irk me are, in school, we're not taught the fundamental stuff. We're not taught about health and nutrition. Look at the yeah. state of the world, right? We're not talk about we're not taught about how to manage our money. Well, most companies and even individuals, because companies are just made up of individuals, 
end up really on the fine line, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen this with COVID, and we haven't even seen the 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 last of the damage that COVID's happening. You know, every day, subtly, the the figures are dropped out. Another company, like Dyson, yesterday, yeah. another nine hundred people or whatever. So you see more and more companies are starting to shrink as a result of not being prepared for the unknown and everyone can say well you can't see this coming bad stuff happens all the all the time right 2008 is not long ago (laughs) and we're caught blindsided by another event something was going to happen we just didn't know what the what the trigger was going to be um we're not talking about emotional management and regulation and that goes in in part right if you find yourself uh angry and shouting and stuff but you're not fixing anything if if stuff gets tough and you cry and you shout and you scream you've still got to fix the thing mm-hmm. uh, and the problem is when you shout and scream you're probably going to make the damn thing worse and at some point you've got to fix that <laughs> so yeah. uh and i see you know the pattern that goes on where where young people end up on the wrong side of tracks they end up going to jail and and the repeated pattern is anger that's how they deal with the the challenges they don't know they're not equipped it's not even their fault they're just not equipped with how to handle stressful situations stuff mm. that they don't, you know things that feel like out of their control their reaction is to lash out and you see what how detrimental that is so i really wanted to start this to have conversations with interesting people people like yourself where we can share ideas so people listening in and i really you know for me I went on a journey. I, in my early twenties, I thought I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> work out, <laughs> and then I ended up in corporate. So corporate never really jarred. It was kind of a means to an end. I thought, kind of re- resigned myself to the fact that I'd have to go into into a corporate world. And I really want to kind of grab people before the the stage at which I was and say, "Hey, there's another way." Uh, and if you want to have a, a more fulfilling life. Think about what you really want. Try and figure out exactly what you really want and go after that and be smart with your cash because you'll become free very quickly. I mean, if I knew what I if I knew what I know now at the age of twenty, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I say this all the time. It's like I wish that I could go back in time. And I've used this reference quite a bit this week, and you've kind of alluded to that as well. I, I think sometimes we don't look at things with the right uh, right kind of like glasses. Yeah. Life, and you look about finances, it's a game, money. It's a game. If you do not know the rules of the game that you're playing, you're going to get taken, basically. Yeah. So you need to be able to understand what the rules are. The great news is there's lots of people like you, like myself, and lots of a ton of other people that I know on social media that are actively talking about the rules to the game giving people the rules to the game and i think that it isn't it is incumbent on people to take an interest and go and seek and take take in this information because it is really important oftentimes this content is coming from people like yourself and i that have been through a cycle already and like no this is this yeah. is definitely not the way things should be. Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, we're, we're, and we are set up wrong in society. We just are. We just are. Yeah, yeah we're conditioned from being uh, through school. From, from the very earliest age, we are conditioned to be consumers. And guess who's rich? The, mm-hmm. the producers are the rich people. Jeff Bezos is the wealthiest man on this planet, despite giving away half of it not that long ago. Mm. 
because he produces. And if you consume, the money is going away from you. Mm -hmm. And if you produce, it's coming towards you. And so, you know, I think Jim Rohn said a long, long time ago that you could redistribute all of the wealth equally across the planet. And in a very short space of time, it go back to where it is now. Yeah. And that's, that should be a wake up call that we need to be doing something different. We need to start. How do we add value? It's about adding value. Another thing Jim Rohn always said is work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And I think that one of those things that resonated with me so strongly when I first heard it, because we always think about, well, how do I do my, this job better? How do I move on to the next job? Well, is that what you really want for a start? And number two, you get to the next level by going to the next level as a person. It's that it's who you become, right? It's how do you, who do you need to be to get to where you want to go? And, you know, part of the, the tagline for the pocket mastermind is, is dream more, learn more, do more, become more. And you have to do those things mm. to, to become right. And the first part is the dream, which sounds a bit cliche, but you have to wake up to dream because we're all hypnotized basically into this, go and buy stuff, go on social media, buy stuff because other people are going to like it. You know, you and I spoke about this previously, right? Yeah. By, yeah. By kicking pair of trainers so that, yeah. Other people were like, you're kicking yeah. pair of trainers. It's hollow once you've got them on. Yeah. Especially the first person's uh, scuff them on the tube. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's over. Yeah. Uh, you've got to kind of really think about what do you want? And I, I guarantee you 90 plus percent of people, if I ask them what do they want, they tell me what someone else probably wants. Or if they have any idea, it's more. More what? More money. Yeah. yeah. As Tony Robbins said, here's a dollar. You've got more money. Get out. Right. Mm -hmm. kind of how much more? Why do you, and why? Right. That's the, yeah, that is so money. That is so important because I do coaching now and it's like, I talk to people and say, okay, so what's your goal? And it's like, oh, I want this. Okay. So what does that mean? Why? Like I want to make, I've literally spoke to a guy a week and a half ago on a discovery call. What do you want to achieve in the next two, three years? I want a million and a half. Okay, why? Yeah, where does that number come from? Oh, it's just a number. Like, I just think it's a good number. Okay, but why? W what are you going to do with this million and a half? You start drilling down and it's like, actually, you don't want that million and a half. You just want a little bit of balance and freedom in your life. Now, a million and a half could help you get that, but you don't need a million and a half to get, to get the balance and the freedom yeah. that you want. So essentially... You're, you're putting something in front of yourself, which is a diversion to what you actually really, really want. And it takes understanding for people to realize that. I was, I was coaching, um, Simone was on my podcast, like literally she's on this week. And we were talking specifically about what do you want? And it was like, okay. She goes, I know, yeah, I know. I know exactly what I want. So I sat there and exercised. And at the meeting, I said to her, okay, so how did you find that? She, go, she went, it was a lot harder than I thought. I thought I had it clear in my head mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted. But when I started getting into the specifics, it took me an hour and a half to complete this. And I was really surprised because it just shows we think we know, but when we really, really think about it, we actually have no idea. And there's a lot of introspection that goes on around actually, well, so what do you actually want? And that is so, so key. Yeah. Well, how... Harvard did a, a study and found that only 3% three percent of people have goals written down. Was it a surprise that 
it's called the top one percent mm-hmm. right three <laughs> yeah. percent write them down and a few of them really chase after them and achieve them because writing them yeah. down is all good but you still got to follow through but you are far more likely to follow through because you know full well what you are trying to aim at right you mm. d- if you want to drive to manchester you don't just get in the car and aimlessly head off you know where you're heading yeah. and you plan a route to get there yeah like, even with sat nav you know which way you're heading and you know that if i need to get there at this time i've got to leave by this time it's it's that simple that you've got to try and fit, but if you don't know that destination you don't you don't even just say manchester right you say exactly the postcode that you're mm-hmm. going to manchester yeah so why don't we do that with the rest of our lives it's probably because it's bloody scary mm. you do start to write down the most common thing with people go, oh yeah it's all good but i don't i don't really know how to set goals i don't know what i want and i think well start with what you really don't want what what do you dislike about what you have now and start then start to think well what's the opposite what would you like yeah and think about the gap where's the gap and how do you start to to close that gap um and i think to touch on what you just said there around the 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 amount of money that people want or need i would check out the 4 hour work week by tim ferriss because he puts it very well around your total monthly income to fund the lifestyle that you need and start to think of it that way you don't necessarily need to amass this huge pot of cash because what are you going to do then you're going to build you think you've built up this pot of cash and then you just spend it Mm. no way you're going to just spend that so it's all about the you need to you need income to sustain a lifestyle and then you need as you say the the buckets to then invest and and put into other areas whether it be you know charity and savings and investments that kind of thing you but focus on how do you want your life to look? What does it look like? And, you know, you can put a time frame on it if you like, or you can say, well, what's my ideal lifestyle? If I click my fingers right now, what would my life look like? And then work out how far away you are from that. Now, yeah. it might for some people, you might be six months away. For some people, you might be five, six, seven, eight years away. Who knows? Yeah. Right? But you've got to work that out first and then work out, find out that gap and, and put that's where the planning comes in place. But you're going to have to learn a lot of stuff to close that gap. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'm interested to know, and I want to talk about your journey through finance, but on what you said there, I think you and I are in a fortunate position because we have made that break from corporate now. And it's like, it is scary. It is really, really scary because you do constantly yeah. have that kind of like, okay, so what next? And you're in full control of your destiny. So writing down your goals and having a plan and following all that through gives you direction because guess what? You're doing it for yourself now. Yeah. But I, I'm interested to know on your part, did you feel an element of real fear just before you made that jump? Honestly, that no. Um, a little bit of apprehension, of course, because you're going stepping into the unknown. But there was more excitement, to be honest. You know, I'd been, I'd, I'd really checked out of mentally of the corporate. Mm-hmm. Like I say, probably when I made that decision a couple of years ago that this that role was going to be in my last, it was a countdown timer. Now it doesn't mean I was checked out in my delivery, but I knew at that point that there was going to be. An exit point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what that was going to be, I didn't know. I kind of knew that I wanted to do something that helped people. Like, you know, I, I was leading leading large teams. 
And the the thing that fascinated me when whilst leading those teams was I'd 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 be hiring new salespeople, and I would see, you know, for the same role, a 28, 20 year age variance between the applicants. And that started to interest me. I was saying, well, why is it that I've got a 25 year old and a 45 year old applying for the same role? Mm-hmm. It was particularly more suited, I would expect, towards the earlier stage of, of career. Mm-hmm. And what I started to realize is because, you know, when you don't have a plan and you don't, and you're in this glass box, this kind of metaphorical glass box that we all, we all live in at some point, right? That the just changes and, We've got to try and get rid of the vision of this box. But most of, it, most of us put ourselves into this box. So you become a field salesperson or you become an accountant or you become whatever it is at a certain level. And then people have had enough of that. They're not getting fulfilled or the people they're with or whatever. Most people leave jobs because of people. But you move to another organization in exactly the same role. Mm-hmm. Very few people look and say, well, I want to, because there's no vision of where you want to get to. There's no thought, well, I need to go and do this role to learn these skills. Mm. You know, and what I always used to try and teach people was think about work in this way. You get paid to get educated, right? You can move from another. What do you, what have you got now? Where do you want to get to? I don't know how to do that. Well, go and do a job that pays you to learn how to do that Mm. and then move on to the, because then you become more valuable in the marketplace. As Jim Rohn would say, again, it's kind of, you've then worked harder on yourself than on the job, right? You are, yep. how do you get more skills? Because the more skills you have, the more value you can deliver, the more you're going to earn. Yeah. The more fulfillment you'll probably get because you're doing slightly more challenging things. We love to be challenged as humans. Generally, we want to learn stuff. Yeah. That's why everyone likes the first six to 12 months in a job and then they get bored. Yeah. And you can do it standing on your head. And where's the fulfillment in that? You want it. Everybody wants a bit of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's. I think you're right there because you, yeah, there is this glass box, and oftentimes, if you don't have a plan, you end up pinging around in this glass box just aimlessly, like this role to that role to this role to that role, and it's like, okay, but where are you actually going? What is the next step? And even in in the the corporate world and career wise, people often don't know what that next step is. No, do you know how many times in interviews, even in interviews, I say, what, what, what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go next? And they go, well, it depends what opportunities are available. Wrong answer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> tell mm-hmm. me, if you want to be a CEO, tell me you want to be a CEO. Then put a plan in, plan in place to become one, right? Because you're 25, you could easily become a CEO. You might start mm-hmm. your own company to do it, but you're going to, you could, if you want, but if you don't know, what do you think you're going to get? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's your, your personal journey with finances? Because obviously you, you're you clued up now. You know the rules of the game now. From, from awful and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was an idiot, trust me. Oh, man, I remember this is how bad I was. On my 18th birthday, so the day you could borrow money, I got a loan for a car. <laughs> that's, that's how stupid I was. And then I thought, this is great. They give you money. So, uh-huh. and I was earning quite well at that stage anyway. I know I didn't go to uni. I went straight into work and I, and I, and I rose up quite quick because I was prepared to work harder. I was generally a bit smarter than most of the other people I was working mm-hmm. with. And I just, I rose pretty quickly. And so I was earning decent money when I was young, 
So I just thought, well, why wait to get it? Why not? Yeah, Finish just go, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I decided to make a bit of a career change. And then I started to pursue the music more seriously after I went traveling for a, for a few months or so, um, did around the world. And I came back and then decided to focus on the music and suddenly realized that I still had to pay all the money. That I, <laughs> <laughs> that I and, uh, and I didn't really earn a great deal during the music days, right? Because, you know, pumping that, I mean, that's an expensive business as well. Oh yeah, it is. All that back into equipment and yeah. uh, touring. And it's time and consuming as well. Yeah. I mean, we were, you know, gigging, you gig nearly seven days a week. You record, you're, uh, you have to record in between, you're rehearsing in between. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, that was a wake up. I was like suddenly, but what it taught me actually, as I went from having decent money to being damn poor. Right. And I kind of, at that point, I got to a point where I didn't even put my car on the road. I couldn't afford to run. I couldn't put petrol in the damn thing. I was absolutely skint, but that was a good, good experience because rely then relying on lifts to get places after, you know, having the best car out of all your, mm. all your friends and all the rest of it was quite a good experience to to realize that once you set once you settle into that and you get used to that you can actually live in a not much different to how I was living when I was earning more money because all I was yeah. doing when I had was earning more money was spending more and quite yeah. often on stuff that didn't make a great deal of difference like I say cars and bikes and also anything I could buy for for fun yeah but my money left over for actual lifestyle wasn't really that much different once mm -hmm. I, you kind of leveled out. And then, so I started to build from, from there and I went peaks and troughs and then I kind of, as I started to earn more and read more, that was the important part. I started to think of, I started to get other points of view and I think it was really rich dad, poor dad, and then think and grow rich were the two books that really started to change my mindset like rich dad poor dad the, the pure concept is assets over liabilities mm -hmm. trying to build assets, get rid of as many liabilities as possible mm -hmm. and what those classifications are basically if it costs you money if money leaves you even your own house people think oh, i've got invested in my own house mm, sort of because it mm. probably got value but yeah. ultimately you are spending it's money going out of your pocket it's not coming in so it's technically a liability unless you sell it and make money yeah on the right and everything else you spend is going away from you. So try and get as much coming in. Multiple streams of income. The reason yeah. people are rich is because they have 11, 12, 20, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, 54, 58 companies now. Like yeah. that's a lot of streams of income, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Richard that's crazy to think about though. No, isn't it? I think Richard Branson's got 70 companies under him. So that's a lot of streams of income. And, and we, most of us have got one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when shit happens like this, like COVID, and and it gets taken away, then panic stations. Yeah. You've got ten, and one goes. You're much calmer about finding another one. Right? Yeah. So those kind of lessons, and then you know, start to think about the goal, the vision. What do you want? That started to tick in, and I suddenly realised that, hey, I better stop spending as much of this. I don't. I don't need to, I actually realized I was in a car dealership about to buy another car. Thought, <laughs> this is stupid, right? I'm gonna, I, my car's good. I'm leaving it. I'm just gonna, I kind of just walked out and that was it. I didn't go back. And I suddenly realized that why would I want to spend 
no, spending nearly a thousand pound a month on a car, mm-hmm. it's nuts. The thing is, you do that, that though. And the thing is, you do though. Yeah. The thing is, you do that. I've actually done that before. I literally, well, in order for me to make this shift, I had to basically, again, it's all the stuff that I talk about and I coach myself, reduce your outgoing significantly. And part of that was basically making sure that the car payment wasn't there anymore. So now I know that I'm working from a very, 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 very low base that doesn't put any pressure on me to be able to sustain this and build out from here. But that takes calculation and intention to do. It's very, very hard when you look at it because, you know, you either give up the car or you allocate cash and pay off the car. One of the two. I opted for the second. I'm going to allocate cash, pay off the car. The car's mine. I know that it doesn't cost me anything really to run it. It's electric. I don't charge at home because there's a supercharger down the road from me. So all I need to be worried about is changing the tires once a year, which will cost me around about 1200 quid. That's all I, and I've got a, I've got a pretty decent car. It will get me from A to B. For me, the exchange of cash for that was worth it because what would I do otherwise? Give it back. Then I have to go buy another car anyway. Then that will cost me in fuel and MOT and all this stuff. So it's you have to be calculated with this and it's hard to do sometimes you have to be really really clear on your circumstances yeah 100 percent. and it may be that you need to get rid of the nice car and get a crappy one for a while mm. but that's no it's, you get used to it very very quickly it's only the ego that says i need to show everybody i need to drive around and people need to know that i've got look exactly. at warren buffett right uh, and there's a great picture of warren buffett and bill gates stood next to each other and i think it says something like 280 billion between them and not a single logo in sight yeah yeah, yeah. no gucci belt <laughs> no nothing yeah. yeah no gucci belts and you've got to take a lesson from that you know they say that when you're when you're not rich you spend your life trying to look rich and when you do get rich you spend your life trying to look like you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, very very to... true yeah. <laughs> it's a sensible sensible approach yeah Mark zuckerberg wears a great t-shirt every day True. You said something that was really, really interesting um, a moment ago that I just want to go back on because I I talk about this when you talk about investments. You talked about streams of incomes and um, having multiple. And, you know, if you lose one, you're not really too bothered because you've got nine others or six others to to compensate for that loss. Nine, right? Yeah. And I talk a lot about, you know, the investor psychology because a lot of people will come to me. They're like, oh, you know, they want to learn about investing in the markets of my background. And I always talk about diversification. You need to have different eggs in different baskets. Oh, yeah. And it's exactly the same for your income. You need to have different eggs in your baskets and as many baskets as possible, really, to make sure that you don't have pressure on your income as a result of that. And that that can be difficult to do. It can it takes yeah. time to build. And I think one of the big issues that we face right now is because of social media, people don't necessarily appreciate or want to take the time to build those things. They think it's going to be instantaneous. Mm-hmm. And that's where the scam artists selling, you know, Forex trading and all these quick rich schemes basically make an absolute killing of people's yeah. desire to be free. I saw that comment on your uh, Instagram the other day. I made 20 grand. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. look, you, normally I delete those things, but I just thought, you know what? I'm going to leave it here and I'm going to make a comment just so that other people can see it as well. Because it's like, of course you did. You made, yeah, you made 20 grand in three months. Yeah, of course you did, mate. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. 
It's nuts, but because we're all chasing something, we don't because no one knows what you really want, and you want it fast. Because hey, doesn't matter where you are these days, you can order food and Uber or Deliveroo turn up within about half an hour, and you've got whatever you, whatever you want. And we kind of got that instant gratification thing, yeah. and everyone wants to everyone wants to get somewhere without doing the work. And the point of the thing is the work, right? Because trust me, if you if the only point is the goal, when you get there, you'll be like gold medal winners and anybody who's achieved that kind of level of success, they end quite often end up quite miserable, quite depressed. Mm. Yeah. Like, just watch Jim Carrey, listen to Jim Carrey, that his life is it's it's true. And everybody who gets to a certain point, they will get everyone says, it's not about the money, it's not about the stuff. And I think people who haven't got there think, Yeah, yeah, it's easy for you to say because you're you're rich. No, <laughs> if you're not fulfilled, if you don't know who you are, what you want, and you don't get the fulfillment from every day, and you don't have the gratitude every single day, you ain't going to get it when you've got 10 million. You're not going to get it when you've got 100 million. You'll probably be even more bloody miserable because you realize that that hasn't filled the hole. Yeah. You've got to enjoy the process. You know, everything else in this planet, other than humans, has to work to get the reward, right? The bee has to buzz around all day to long. Get the honey. Yeah. The honey, right? Every other animal has to go hunting or do something to get the reward. That's the whole purpose of us. We're, there's nothing else for us to do. What we've done is mechanize everything and have it just arrive. Yeah. Now we don't know. Our purpose was to create, and it's been taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we got to re we got to re rediscover that creation. How do we? And, and and fall in love with the process of creating something. If you just go in to work and you only see it as going to work, it's pretty miserable. For me personally, I fell into that trap. You know, I got quite depressed at one point. I was earning good money, but I didn't like what I was doing. It was miserable. And then I started to find, well, how do I, kind of thanks to Simon Sinek in some ways, how do I find the fulfillment in what I'm doing for my own sanity? And that's where I discovered, really discovered that coaching and helping other people was what I really got the fulfillment out of. To see yeah. someone else wake up, as I said before, and start to think about what's possible, break free, buy a house, you know, the, thinking that they could never buy a house and then suddenly buying a house or go doing something with their career, starting to learn, starting to read, start to do other stuff. And their horizons opening up was the most fulfilling thing I did, you know, the day-to-day job was pretty dull it was insurance Mm. (laughs) how exciting can you get about about insurance but people which is what business really is that becomes quite interesting yeah it's interesting you talk about simon sinek there because um i remember they use him and obviously in all the set because again i was in sales i ran a sales team just like you as well and um you know they talk about the why the what the how and you work outwards not from the outside in that's what big brands do and he gives the example of apple mm-hmm. and i remember sitting there one day thinking so this this isn't just a very you know applicable to to products and companies this is this is applicable to like me yeah. why am i here <laughs> why am i sat in this meeting with these people that i don't really like doing this like what am i doing talking about uh, stuff that doesn't matter yeah, yeah and it's you, you know the thing that used to frustrate me the most is i'd go into board meetings and there will just be this rambling of stuff that people will just talk about. And I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like, why? And you look at the clock and half hours mm-hmm. gone by. 
and then you get around to the business. And it's like, what was that all about? Like, because no one actually wants to go and do the job. Mm, like, yes, yeah. boring as hell. No one wants to do it. So hey, let's get in a room and chat because that's what humans like to do. Yeah. We want to socialize. It's it's the proverbial campfire. Yeah, everyone's just sitting around and having a chat because that's what humans want to do. Want to go and do some work, have a chat, do a bit more work, have a sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and what what I always found funny when you look at exec teams is typically exec teams are all well in the financial services industry. You have some women in there, but majority it's men. Yeah. And when you're sat in a in a board meeting with men you get the bravado, you get the one who wants to take charge of the situation. And I always used to sit there thinking, this is so bizarre. This is like people trying to get one up on each other. Particularly when you start talking about sales performance and sales teams. And it's like, well, we've done this this week. And it's like, you actually, sometimes as well, you're like, they're overreaching just because they want to get a better thing. And it's like, for me, I was like, okay, these numbers are important. But one of the reasons why my team did so well is because I took an interest in the people, right? So if I sat down with one of my guys, Trower, what do you want to achieve? I knew exactly what he wanted to achieve. Okay, mate, what are we going to do to get there? How much do you need to earn? Let's work this back. This is how many, how many policies you need to get in. That's the commission. That's going to help you. Even if you're from a tax point of view, it's going to take you this period of time. I cared about that detail. Yeah. And it's interesting because... People do buy people and business is about people. Like you just said, if you take an interest in people, they'll walk, they will walk through a brick wall for, for you. Yeah. And a lot of the times what I, I noticed was that, and this is one of the things that really turned me off is within business sometimes, because it is business, there isn't that interest in people. And it's just that turnaround. Well, if you're not delivering what I want you to deliver, you're gone. And it's like, that didn't sit well with me at all. And it's like, you have to try and, you need to try and tune in to what makes people tick. If you can't do that, how do you expect them to give you everything? They're not going to because they know you're just interested in what they're going to do for you. There's no give back. It's simple things like, you know, I was working in a business, you know, beginning of this year, heading up a seminars program. I thought, great opportunity to get out there, do some financial education, promoting, you know, pensioners and all this, all this great stuff. And it's like sitting in the team with, with, you know, marketing people. It's like, what's a pension? I don't know. And I'm just like, but we are a firm. <laughs> this is a firm of financial advisors. You pride yourself on managing money for other people externally, delivering wealth, building wealth. You've got a whole marketing team here who doesn't understand what a pension is. Like, yeah. where did we go wrong? I don't know. Like, where's the value in the people? Surely that starts at home in the yeah. business. Yeah. You would think so, wouldn't you? And it blows my mind. I just think how many people work in, in estate agents, real estate, don't invest in property. Mm-hmm. Don't even start. Uh, even people related to property, like mortgage advisors and conveyances, don't invest in property. Mm-hmm. You're in the business and missing the opportunity. You're selling to other people who are getting yeah. what you it blows my mind. It's, it's backwards. It really, it's really is. Everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. Surely if you work as an estate agent, you should be investing in property. You should be finding a way of investing in property. And, mm-hmm. and if you're related, and the same with any product. Like if you work in a, like you say, if you're working in a financial advisor business, just because you're in the marketing team, you should know that really well and be applying it for yourself. You've got, you've got inside knowledge. You've got yeah. access to all of the people that everyone else is paying for all day long mm-hmm. 
to work out a plan for yourself and you get paid for it, not the other way around. Like, <laughs> yeah, but and this is where I believe that there needs to be a fundamental shift. So in that example, and we can, if we talk about pension specifically, there, there is a long, long, long track record of companies not explaining what pensions are. Number one, because if you go back that far where you had final salaries, well, it was it was beneficial for them not to explain exactly what it is and exactly what the benefit is to you. Because guess what? If they do and you opt in, they have to account for this money on their balance sheet for years and years and years. So there was always going to be a lack of education there, a lack of transparency, because well, we're going to have to find the money on our balance sheet. So that's a burden financially for us. But even now, auto-enrollment was all that's coming, that's fine. For me, yes, there's, again, the incumbents on the individual to find this information out because it's our own personal finances, right? But you don't know what you don't know till you know you don't know it. And if you're working for a business as a wealth management business or a financial advisory firm, like the business needs to educate the staff. You have to. It's your responsibility to do that. And this is where maybe some of the frustration that I have comes in is the fact that as, as an industry, we deal with the one thing that everybody needs, money. Mm-hmm. We're happy to share it with the wealthy people who are willing to pay us a fee. But for everybody else, no, 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 no. It's closely guarded secret. Pay us for this information. That needs to change because yeah. you're not being socially responsible and effectively enabling the market that you rely on to make your profits and to make your business sustainable so that you can make money and you know have bonuses and have pensions in the future it should just be basic lessons at school right applied applied learning is is the way forward so don't teach maths in isolation of the times tables and ones and twos and like and and ninety percent of what you get taught in in school or maths is irrelevant. How many people use trigonometry now? No one. I mean, most people can't don't even add up anymore because Excel does it or a calculator yeah. does it or something does it. Yeah. So teach the fundamentals, applied mathematics. Use use maths in a way of of managing money. Right. Teach the fundamentals of of personal finance. But you can wrap up the maths and everything else into that there's that you can kill two birds or multiple birds with with one stone but we're missing a huge opportunity and we've just got a load of people coming into the workforce that don't know how to manage their own money it's just i'll tell you what i've got may have some left at the even if i haven't i'll borrow some more yeah yeah so would you say that your lessons in money are all self-taught from experience trial and error well i think the self-learn whether they're self-taught i mean i've definitely you, the the education comes from somewhere and it's from various various people and mm. probably attribute that to Richard Kiyosaki, Tony Robbins, Napoleon Hill, <laughs> various other people, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if anyone wants a, a book on personal achievement, read Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievably good. I think a lot of people go, oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I think you, you don't know the man. You just see the Terminator, mm-hmm. not the Terminator is... Well, he is the Terminator, pretty much. I mean, yeah. his drive, his focus, his goal setting, his determination is a blueprint for personal achievement. And uh, I would highly recommend that. So, yeah, I think my financial education has come partly from trial and error of just shooting in the dark and not really having any financial role models. Um, 
and then reading right it's just it's learn from other people there's lots of there's lots of different ways you've got to work out what kind of life do you want and i think i said this before you've got to work out what does your life look like and then start to build a plan that meets that right don't it's not it's okay to want lamborghinis and ferraris and stuff but in what order are you going to buy a lamborghini before you get a house or before you go and see the world because that's what you really want to do because you know the, the you don't have to wait to retirement you especially now we can work remotely you can do almost any job facebook are now going remote working huge organizations are going to start pulling back from having these big glass boxes in the sky i don't know what that's going to mean for london it's going to be quite interesting after the last 10 years of building so many yeah. glass boxes yeah. and i'm and i hear there are no conversations i've had in the last few months with ceos and other business leaders about how many of them are pulling out or planning to pull out of having office space mm-hmm. because they just realize they don't need it. It's belief- not necessary. Yeah, and, belief- and it's a huge cost as well. It's a massive, massive cost. I mean, when I was in Canadian Wolf 50th floor, they, they signed something like a 10 year lease. It's like the, the number was eye watering. It's like, oh my God. One of the most expensive real estate yeah. areas of London, right? Yeah. It's nuts. And, and so, yeah, I think you can find the education wherever you want, but you've got to f- work, first work out what you're after. What do you want? Because there's, like I said, there's so many different ways of of managing your finances, but you've got to build a plan that meets the the objective that you're yeah. after. Otherwise, you know, just saving or just doing whatever, it's not going to get you to where you want to be. Do you want to? Do you want to be nomadic? Do you want? You know, there's lots of digital nomads around now. And the opportunity you can go you can go and work anywhere is that what you want to do mm-hmm. really want to be commuting do you want to work at home do you want that big house because the big house is just a big anchor right you it, you're going to have to now you're now committed to paying for that thing do you mm-hmm. want all of these things first or do you want to do something else and i think you've got to answer those questions and then build that plan yeah i think as well it's important for people to realize is that even if you are later in your years, it's okay to reevaluate these things. If you do it earlier, and this is one thing that I've said a lot of times is I had an epiphany pretty late in life, right? I'm 40 now. I had an epiphany probably when I was like 35 thinking, what the hell's this? We were, we were around a similar stage. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I've always said that, you know, the reason why I share this stuff on the podcast and on YouTube and on IG is because I would love to have a 25 year old have this epiphany with 10 years yeah. ahead of him knowing, oh, I've realized this really, really early so I can get my ducks in a row and get things in order. But if you are in your 40s or, you know, even if you're in your 50s and you're thinking about this, take action now. Like, just do it now. Like, my goal for the next two years, me and my partner, we want to grow. We'll live out in Dubai. We want a completely different way of living. That's So the next two years, that's my goal. And, you know, building the podcast and the YouTube channel and doing all this stuff and the coaching, I can do from anywhere in the world. I don't need to be here in the UK. That's part of my big plan. And the first milestone is in two years' time. We want to be out of here. We'll keep the house, rent it out. But we want to be out and basically just go to Dubai, go to somewhere where we can have a different different kind of lifestyle because for too long, you get stuck in that rat race here. And mm. there is more to life than just the window that you're looking out of in your house or the car that you're driving down, you know, driving on the roading. On, on the way to that job that you don't really like. Exactly. And that's important to acknowledge and to understand that 
you can make the change. You just need to be comfortable and be courageous enough to make it. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, nothing holds us back other than fear. It's just, it's, and mostly it's fear of fear. The, mm-hmm. Most of it's not real, but that's our, our biggest limiting uh, factor in, in human life is, is, is a fear of, fear of failure, fear of embarrassment, fear of dying is a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not going to die by making most decisions, mm-hmm. jump off a cliff. Um, but all of those kind of things is what we, is, is what holds us back. We hold ourselves back because we're scared of the unknown how many times have we ended up doing things and it wasn't that bad in the end, right? Yeah. Most of the time it's never anywhere near as bad as you think it's going to be. So you've got to kind of break through and, and also fears used against us as well. Like you always, it's, you don't want to go and do something on your own. It's risky. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what risky is having one source of income being dictated by an organization you have no control over. Yeah. They can just get rid of you with no That's, thought. Yeah. That's not the safe option. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and I think a lot of people are, oh, yeah, but this, you know, entrepreneurship is, is risky and uh, having a job is safe. Every, uh, almost everybody I know, if not everybody has been made redundant at least once, or they know somebody who has now, is that risky <laughs> or is having more control over your own finances and your own income and your own destiny? Is that, is that more or less risky? Yeah. I would argue we need to probably go a bit more entrepreneurial and take a bit more control for ourselves. Not everyone's going to end up like Jeff Bezos and run trillion dollar companies, but you can generate enough for yourself and then start to look at how do you how do you grow from that point on and yeah. become an owner rather than a, the operator because you, all you do is swap one job for another and that's not yeah. really the goal, right? You don't want to don't want to end up just getting another job. Oh yeah, I work for myself, but I work now work 20 hours a day. Yeah. Brilliant. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So tell the listeners how they can get hold of you, David. Uh, it's pretty easy. You can find me at uh, pocketmastermind.com um, or on social media. It's pretty much Pocket Mastermind everywhere you look. And do you do coaching? Yeah. Yeah. If uh, anyone's interested, then get in touch. Uh, there's a contact form uh, on the website or you can just reach out to me on on social. Fantastic. Look, this has been an amazing conversation. I think we maybe need to do another one on the whole entrepreneurship and actually breaking free (laughs) and actually looking at that journey and how that transitions, um, actually, because I think that will be an interesting conversation to have. Uh, for the listeners now so perhaps we can uh, reschedule another, another yeah definitely as well um, but guys I hope you enjoyed that conversation um, it's an interesting one for me I think there's a lot of uh, ground common ground between David and I but I think ultimately the epiphany that we both derived at is pretty much exactly the same and like I've said before you know if I can help someone have an epiphany earlier in life than I did then I'm winning my goal is achieved Um, So I hope you take this as encouragement, it empowers you, it gives you the courage to do what is necessary, particularly when we're in COVID times. And I don't know what the job numbers are looking like, but I know plenty of people right now who are getting letters from their jobs, either saying you need to reapply or you are at risk. And this is going to become extremely real, particularly when furlough ends in October. And now is the time to start thinking about what you want to do. Take this time to reflect. Take this time to kind of understand what your goal is. The goal is really important and have the courage 
um, to take the step that you need. If you need help, you've got David to, to coach you as well. If you need help on you know, the planning for the finances, getting that emergency fund, I can also help with that as well. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Just as a final note, the Digital Wealth Conference is 10 financial topics, 10 experts from across of uh, personal finance, investment and business. We've got Paul C. Brunson talking about his journey as a serial entrepreneur, talking about how to start a successful business. I mean, he is extremely successful. He knows what he's talking about. He is a celebrity in his own own right. You can buy tickets for the Saturday, for the Sunday, or you can buy a weekend pass. And the aim is that we're going to raise £10,000 for the Life of the Academy in London. They do some seriously good work with um, with young people in London, getting getting them off the street and putting them into a positive environment with mentors, with mentors and changing lives it's really really important so if you want to get some financial education and support a good cause i will leave tickets down in the uh, show notes but until next week take care cheers